Summer is coming. Time to turn off the TV and turn on a clever little app called Audible. With Audible, you can listen to the stories you love while doing the things you love outside. You know, that place you're supposed to be in the summertime. For just $14.95 a month, you get a credit good for any audiobook. If you don't like it, exchange it anytime or roll your credits over to the next month if you don't use them. So get up and get outside with Audible. Start a 30-day trial and your first audiobook is free at audible.com. You're now experiencing the AJ Nashville podcast. Real people, real problems, real success stories. Hey guys, Alex here, AJNashville.com. Monday, 5 o'clock. I hope your guys' weekend went well. I hope your weekday starts off just as incredible as your weekends are. Just want to touch base with you today. Talk a little bit about some lessons I learned over the week. So most of you know I headed out to Johnson City last week. Went out there to help a fellow branch manager, Mr. Greg Peckman, I really help as much as enjoy what he teaches in his classes. Uh, on the way there, I had the opportunity to listen to a couple audiobooks, which brings me to the podcast today. One of those audiobooks was the Seven Levels of Communication. Those of you that have not read it, I highly, highly encourage you to do so. It, it kind of takes you back to the basics. When you sit there and listen to it, it's a well thought out story. Um, the man who wrote it, Michael Mayer, he did a very good job of making it a story that contained all the facts he wanted you to learn as opposed to, hey, let me just tell you about every single fact there is out there and cram you with a bunch of information. On the same trip, I tried to, to listen to a couple other audiobooks and had a hard time following along because of the constant cramming of numbers and facts and everything else, so... This one really caught my attention. I got really absorbed in it. One of the things that he talked about that I decided to implement. So as individuals, we look at everything we do and how much everything has become very uh, electronic-based. We use the technology, the podcast, the text messages, the emails, all the other sources to get through to people because that's the quick and easy way out of it. You can send an email, hit up a 1,000 people at once, and get your point across. One of the things that the seven levels of communication kind of took into effect and, and had me think about was the personalized notes. You know, back in the day when you were a kid, you'd get excited when you'd get something in the mail. It was addressed to you. Um, it was something from your grandma, your grandpa, you know, someone, someone of importance sent you a, a card or a letter or whatever it may be. And it was something you actually looked forward to. We've kind of lost that touch nowadays. Anymore, it's, oh, you know, here's another email. Here's this. The excitement of receiving anything in the mail is pretty much gone. I mean, let's face it. For the most part, if we get something in the mail, it's junk. It's either a bill, some type of, of uh, advertisement, credit card offers, refinance offers, you know, whatever it may be, it's just junk. You can take what you get in your mailbox and throw 90% of it away because none of it means anything anymore. The thing we no longer look forward to is that invitation. Why? Because we typically get it online. You know, you get the invitation to a baby shower. It comes through your email. 
Um, you get an invitation to a wedding. It comes through your email. Every now and then you'll get a little thing that says save the date. You stick it on your fridge, and three months after it's expired, you look up and say, shit, I forgot about the date. Uh, either way, we no longer have that personal touch. Well, one thing that the book talks about is uh, if you received, and it's kind of funny because the book was written before Trump took office, but Trump is the example in there, and he says, hey, if you received an email notification that said Donald Trump's going to be in town, go to his uh, seminar, how many people in the room would go? Uh, very few people obviously said they would go, you know, 100% without a doubt actually attend. The next question I was asked is, hey, if you received a letter in the, the mail, just a computer-typed letter in the mail that, hey, you should come to this event, how many of you would 100% without a doubt go? A uh, couple people said, hey, you know what, I would go. But the next big thing that they said is, hey, if you received a handwritten invitation from Donald Trump to attend his event, would you go? Just about 100% of the people said yes. Obviously, there's a reason why. Because if it's personalized and it's something that uh, somebody directs it directly towards you, you feel more of a personal obligation to attend or at least respond. What that's done is, from a business standpoint, it caused me to take a step back and say, you know what? How long has it been since I sent a personalized note to any one of my clients? And said, hey, I want you to come to my open house. By the way, that is taking place May 23rd from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., if you are interested in attending, please shoot me an email at aj at ajnashville.com. This is my electronic version of your invitation. <laughs> the irony in it, we're talking about personalization, and, and here I am telling you guys that are listening how to get in contact with me if you would like to attend my open house. But anyways, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do 10 a day. So I'm going to write out 10 personalized cards each day, and send them out to my previous clients just to say hi, see how they've been, things like that. Now, the bad thing about my memory is this. Every client that I've closed, I can remember specific things about them once I pull their name and uh, their situation up. Now, if you ask me to list every client that I've ever closed, obviously I can't do that. But if you set down a list, much like the one I have in front of me right now, and said, hey, tell me something about each individual person. For the most part, I can. I had a client call me this weekend. We didn't wind up doing a deal for him here you know, about six months ago or so. And as I'm talking to this client, he says, wow, you really remember a lot about me. The fact of the matter is I do, and I did because of the fact that I just for some reason pay attention to my clients and what they're looking to do and what direction they're looking to go and ultimately looking out for their best interest. Now, why does that make a difference? Well, it makes it much easier for me to write out these cards because I don't have to take notes and I don't have to say things like, uh, did they have a kid or was it one or was it two or was it a boy or a girl or was it a dog? Were they married? Were they not? I don't have to do those things. It saves me a ton of time. But in addition to that, it allows me to be personable to these people because in business, we typically forget. When we're busy like we are now, we forget that the revolving door of clients eventually slows down. And that's what we're starting to see. You know, the announcement of Keller Mortgage, for example. Lots of people are listening to that and saying, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Well, first thing we're going to do is stop sending business to Keller Williams. That's a personal choice. Me, I look at the amount of people that I do business with, and I look at the amount of them that are actually KW agents, and it's very, very one-sided. And that side is not towards KW. It's not that I have an issue with KW agents. I have plenty of friends. Eli Torres, for example, great agent out in Texas. 
Um, you know, I've got friends that are KW agents. I just don't do a ton of business with them. That's not going to change. Once they step up and do the KW mortgage, guess what? It, it's not going to change anything in my book. The fact is, is I keep personal communication with my clients. I pick up the phone. I call them. Hey, how you been? How you doing? How's the new home? How's the kids? And do those things in order to maintain that relationship because you build what's called raving fans. A raving fan will send you a deal whether you can do it or not. They just send you a deal because you're always at the top of their mind. See, the fact of the matter is most people know who their dentist is. Most people know who their doctor is. Most people know even the the people that taught them in school. Years and years later, they remember those people and why? Because they've left, left a lasting impression. Now go to those same people and say, hey, who's your realtor? Hey, who was your mortgage guy or girl? And most people don't know the answer to that question. And and why? Why is that the case? It's because historically we've never taken those relationships and actually built upon them because everything was transactional. Because you take it, you ask them what they want to know. People pretend like they're interested in some cases. They close the deal and they never reach out to them once again. And that's why you find mortgage and realtors and other people in this profession that are constantly looking for new clients. The very few, the ones that are actually extremely successful, don't have to do that. Why? Because they know how to nurture their database, build relationships, and maintain contact. The one thing I know is if I asked you, hey, do you know of a good lawn person? And you said, yes. This person right here, they're great. I've heard great things about them. I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. But if you say, hey, this person right here is great. They cut my grass. They take care of it. I pay them $20 a week. They've never missed a day. And when they have, they've sent someone else to complete the job for them. I love them to death, and I've used them for years. I'm going to take that for what it's worth. And I'm probably more than likely going to use that person. Why? Because you just co-signed for them. See, the fact of the matter is we're more apt to use those people and more people are more apt to recommend somebody. And the reason why is everybody wants to know somebody that fits somebody else's needs. Don't believe me? Jump into Facebook tonight. In the comments section put, hey, looking for somebody to paint my house. Or looking for a landscaping guy or girl. Or looking for a mechanic. Just looking for anything. Watch all the people that come out of the woodwork and say, hey, I know somebody, the best person in the world. It's funny because I see it all the time. Realtors say, hey, or um, I'm sorry, agents, clients say, hey, looking for a real estate agent. Who do you recommend? You realize that Nashville has 75 of the best realtors in the absolute world. No one's better than them, according to everybody's post. Obviously, we know that's not the case, but to that individual, that's the best person in the industry. Why? Because that's who they remembered that took care of them. So why do I bring this up? What does it have to do with you? I bring it up because we're in an industry that is ever-changing. I bring it up because we're in an industry that if you don't maintain that contact, you will eventually go out of business. So the people that are doing mortgages now or real estate now, if they don't nurture their clients and actually truly care about what it is that the client's looking for, Then eventually they'll go back to bartending or retail or engineering or whatever it is they came from. You always have to put other people before you. 
I heard a thing that Simon Sinek said. He said, people don't buy. Uh, I'm sorry, people don't buy. Let me see. Let me, let me look this up because this is one of those things that I don't want to get wrong, especially because I'm clo- quoting him directly, but it was something that hung with me. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And when he said that, he used the example of the Wright brothers and how the Wright brothers didn't have the big government funding. They didn't have all this special fancy people that were there with, you know, the greatest knowledge in the world, anything like that. They simply had an idea, a dream, and a reason. And they worked their ass off to do what they could in order to accomplish what it was they wanted to. See, here's the thing. Every time they would go out and test flight, they would bring two extra sets of parts. They didn't do it for fortune. They didn't do it for fame. They did it because they simply wanted to fly. Because of that dream, when they became successful, they were obviously very well known. We still talk about them today. But they did it for the right reasons. They put in the overtime in order to make sure that they were the first ones to do it. Because it was their dream. It's what they wanted to do. Now, relay that back to our clients. When we actually worry more about what it is that we do for them, whether you're paid by the hour, whether you're paid by the transaction, whatever it may be, you create raving fans. People that will recommend you no matter what. People that will stand behind you. And that's what builds business. I often get asked, why do you work so much? Why are you always doing things? Why are you always trying to, to respond to people at 9 o'clock at night or do videos or do podcasts? Why do you waste your time doing all that? The answer is simple. I don't want to have to do this when I'm 60-plus years old. I want to make sure that I can serve everybody that I can now while I'm able to. I want to make sure that I am allowing myself to grow plus giving back to others to make sure that they're growing as well. See, the thing is with the podcast, I don't make money off of this. I don't get a check in the mail that says, hey, thanks for your podcast. Here's $10,000. I do this for free. Why do I do it? Because for one, I enjoy it. For two, I get the messages from you guys that are listening that says, hey, you encouraged me to do this. Or thanks to your podcast, I'm now doing that. You know, my goal when I set out to do this was to help one person. And if I accomplish that goal... I did what it is I needed to do in life, change one person's life. And since I started this podcast back in November of last year, I've done more than that. I've changed more than one life. I've I've created a following of people that can appreciate what it is I have to say. Years ago, who would have ever thought that when I was sitting in a cubicle only worried about the next transaction? The difference that took place was a difference in my own mindset. It was no longer me, 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 paycheck, 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 pay me, pay me, pay me. It was more, hey, I've got to figure out what I can do to help people. Everything else will come as long as I do what I can in order to make sure that other people don't have to experience some of the things I have or that I can motivate other people to do some of the things that I've done. The fact of the matter is, I no longer care about what it is I get out of it. I care about what it is people get out of it. 
It's funny because I was sitting in a room at NITAR, Northeastern Tennessee Association of Realtors. Greg Peckman put on a excellent, excellent training class. If you're up in the Tri-Cities area and you're a realtor, reach out to Greg. He's incredible at what he does. Most of all, he helps out more people than not. But it was funny because towards the end, I get announces, he's the branding guy. He's the branding expert. Go talk to him. And I'm like, I am? <laughs> See, years of hard work has given me that designation because it's been years upon years of building my business and doing what I have to do in order to become that branding expert. It was time after time people laughing and making fun of what my logo stood for. Oh, I wish I could put my initials together and do what you did. Well, guess what? A lot of you fuckers are doing that now. See, some of you guys mocked me for that, and now you're doing it. The thing is, is I continued to do it and continued to grow, and that's what I'll keep doing. And I will continue to do the things that I do in order to help people. I met with a buddy of mine yesterday, real estate agent, had an opportunity to work an open house with them. Most of you know, I don't do open houses. But for this guy, there's very little that I wouldn't do because he's a great friend and a great partner in business. But we did this open house, and one of the comments he made is, you know, you do a lot of stuff that a lot of other people don't. And it stopped me in my tracks just about. And I thought to myself... Why is it that something so basic is something that other people don't do? Because when I look at things like showing up to an open house and doing a video and doing a drone footage and talking about, you know, uh, clients that may qualify and, and things of that nature, that's just basic business. That's not me going out of my way to do anything. But the fact is I do it for the other people involved. That one deal could be the deal that makes a difference whether or not a person makes their mortgage payment. That one deal could be the difference whether or not a marriage survives. You know, when you look at refinancing sometimes, sometimes you refinancing and putting them in a better financial situation is the one string that keeps the balance of holding the relationship together because the credit card debt's out of control, because the car's a half a payment away from repo. Because the kids can't go to daycare anymore because the daycare check bounced. Most people look at it as a transaction and, hey, I need to hurry up and get this deal done. It's, you know, I need that paycheck. But they forget that going through the process of it, you're dealing with the emotional side of things. I heard a story one time of a client that was a veteran that got pre-approved from a big bank company. He got pre-approved. Him and his wife at the time went out and looked for a home, found one, got into the process, started working the process, and then ultimately got turned down. The sad thing is, is that's what this veteran felt was going to hold this family's relationship together. Keep his wife and kids together. The transaction fell through. The wife stormed off and left. The veteran ultimately committed suicide. Why? Because the one thing that was tying their relationship and the happiness and balance was gone. As individuals, we have to stop thinking about this as a paycheck and start thinking about the people that we're helping. Helping. 
Now, I'm not blaming the ignorance of the loan officer that they're working with or worked with for the suicide that this gentleman committed, but it sure didn't help. See, when you take the time to do your job, you need to take the time to do it well. Think about the clients, not about the paycheck. Build raving fans. Get people that always will refer you because you treated them like human beings. If you don't have this incredible mind like I do, which plagues me more than anything, where you remember everything, write things down. Get you a little recipe book or index box, I mean, and write down notes on all your clients. They don't expect you to know everything about them. But when you reach out to him and ask him, hey, how's your son doing? Is he still playing soccer? That means the world to these people. Take the time to personalize things. Take the time to pick up the phone. Tell somebody that you care about, that you care about them. Say hi to a friend that you haven't talked to in a long time. Why? Because these people won't be here forever. Stop treating things like a transaction and start treating people like people. I'm sure you guys can hear that noise in the background. I'm blessed to be right next door to a building which they're doing construction on. They must have the slowest construction company in the world doing it because they've been doing it since I've got here. And it's constant drilling and pounding and everything else. But I owe you, my listeners, a podcast Because that's what you expect from me. And those of you that follow me because of this, thank you for your support. It's each and every one of you that encourages me to continue to do what it is I do. Like I said, I went years building a brand. They got knocked down and knocked down and knocked down, but I kept moving. Perseverance. I kept going. So if you're doing something right now and maybe you're not getting the support you need to, just keep fucking doing it. Eventually you will. And those that didn't show the support, they'll eventually go away anyways. And take time to reach out to those old clients. Let them know that you still care. Reach out to your business partners. Let them know that you're still here. And if you're doing business and it's not for the right reasons... Find another business. We're about out of time here. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you on Friday. Thank you for tuning in to the AJ Nashville podcast. Episodes air Mondays at 6 and Fridays at 5. Thank you for your ongoing support. Please subscribe. Today's sales leaders face a difficult task. Selling the right products at the right time through the right channels. A new three-day program from Harvard Business School Executive Education addresses this problem directly. Join us on the Boston campus in August for Managing Sales Teams and Distribution Channels, where you will discover strategies that can lead to the best sales performance. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me sales. That's hbs.me sales.